Hello, Guardians. Today is April 21st, 2023. My name's Danfinity, and welcome to Destiny Digest. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Uh, it's been a big week in Destiny, so want to go ahead and just start jumping in off the rip. First off... Let's talk about leaks. I am not a huge fan of leaked content in in Destiny 2. For years, we've seen the pace bins. We've seen screenshots. We've seen all sorts of things when it comes to material that Bungie is set to release. And sometimes that information comes from inside the house, so to speak. And sometimes that information comes from elsewhere. This past weekend... There was a huge community conversation around leaks, specifically because Bungie and the Destiny 2 team's account um, said that there had been a breach of trust. The Destiny 2 team posted on Friday, Community interaction and engagement is central to Bungie and our games. For years, we've invited creators and other members of the community to confidential summits to provide feedback on the future of Destiny. This is a beloved part of the process, but relies heavily on trust. Breaches of this trust could result in our inability to hold more summits. We take these breaches extremely seriously and are taking actions to reinforce our policies with those invited to these internal meetings. Now, they posted this. They didn't name any names, probably for legal reasons. A noted creator did come forward saying that they had been banned from the game uh, and that they were wrongfully accused. Bungie later went on to reinforce that they had evidence that the person that they had banned was the person who irrefutably leaked. All of that back and forth caused a lot of tumult in the Destiny 2 Twitter community, at least. And it also sparked a couple of Paul Tassie articles on Forbes. Last night, I was kind of fretting over how I was going to address this on the show. I was talking about this a little bit on stream, like that I didn't know how to cover it. As a streamer, as a podcaster, as a quote unquote content creator, my job is about trust. My job is about providing a good time. My job, as I see it right now, is to give information to people to better themselves in the game of Destiny 2. Do I read leaks? All the time. I do that to stay informed. For the show, for my stream, I know I do that to kind of gear up for what might be coming in content. I never state what I've read, what I've seen, generally, unless Bungie confirms it to be true. Personally, I've never been to one of these summits. I probably wouldn't announce if I ever did go to one. But I do have friends who have been to these summits and feel like the experience has been beneficial for understanding how Bungie produces content, how Bungie is pushing the game forward. And I'm proud of my friends. I'm proud that they get those, those opportunities. I do feel like the communication on this could have been more private on the part of the Bungie team, just because it led to this whole drama that pushed people in the community to pick sides or some of our more malicious members to go and attack EK. I don't know EK, but I have an empathy 
uh, for the situation. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. It feels weird from the point of view of a creator. I understand why Bungie is drawing the line. Because, again, I also do not like leaks. But this got really witch-hunty in a way that could have been prevented with some with some nuance. And maybe not as much communication <laughs> in this case. Just my two cents on that. On to the news this week, we saw update 7.0.5.0 hit Destiny 2. This update made a swath of changes to the Crucible by removing Clash from Quick Play and splitting rotators into two nodes. Clash, Zone Control, Rift into one and Mayhem Scorched and Momentum Control into another. Core 6v6 rotator has been rebranded as Relentless. They increased the respawn overshield protection in PvP, introduced a seasonal ascendant emblem and a stat tracker to display your current competitive division. Crucible and Gambit titles and gilding are being fixed and reset. Trials of Osiris commendations will be blocked if you do not have other trials rewards. In Vanguard Ops, they tuned the difficulty in highest battlegrounds present in Vanguard and Nightfall playlists. Defeating Tormentors now provides revived tokens like Champions and Hive Guardians in some activities. PvE Primary Weapon Balance, they increase the damage of the following weapon types against red and orange bar and enemies in PvE. Auto Rifles got a 25% bump. I use Monte Carlo in my solo flawless Spire of the Watcher run yesterday, and it felt nice. Pulse Rifles, Hand Cannons, and Sidearms got a bump of 20%, and Scout Rifles got a 10% bump. This TLDR from the TWAB also included, they added the capability to upgrade Root of Nightmares Adept Weapons with Enhanced Traits. You can once again collect exotic glaive patterns from the Evidence Board, and they added a Commendation and Stat Tracker for Best Dressed. There were also a few addendums to these notes made the following day on the 19th. When Ashes to Assets and Hands-On are equipped, players will only receive Super Energy from one of the mods, not both. When Firepower and Heavy-Handed are equipped, players will only spawn one Orb of Power, not two, when killing an enemy with Grapple Melee. They also reduce the Super Gains from Ashes to Assets when getting a Grapple Melee kill after grappling to a Grapple Point and thus not expending any Grenade Energy by 50%. Previously, this varied from 1% to 5% depending on the target tier with the change. This is now 0.5%. This is now 0.5% to 2.5%. They fixed an issue where the Fighting Lion Grenade Launcher was incorrectly benefiting from the Void Holster mod. Thanks, Pigeon. They fixed an issue where the Terminal Overload chest could be looted multiple times for rewards and crafted weapon progress. Crafting progress now comes from the key chest and not the base chest. This change feels more punitive, and I hope that they add more red border sources in Neomuna. All these changes and more will be in the show notes. Moving on to the TWAB, they did talk about some new accessibility options that will be available in Season of the Deep. We will have reticle changes, full auto melee changes, toggle settings additions for confirming or canceling certain actions in the UI. You'll also have more choices for color when it comes to subtitles. And they gave us a peek at what's new with commendations if you have any variation of colorblindness. With Season of the Deep, we are also getting a new community-voted Arbalist ornament designed by Stellar State Logic. If you get the marketing emails from Bungie, there's also a new ornament vote where you get to decide whether Wither Horde, Thunderlord, or Izanagi's Burden 
get the next community designed ornament. Next week, starting on the 25th of April, will be the last Iron Banner of Season 20. So gather up your buds, get that seal, and have fun in that new Crucible sandbox. That's it for the news, but please stick around. Now we have a conversation with Ren Vixen. <laughs> Welcome in, Ren Vixen. You can tell Hi. that the, our... our conversation has started because I used my host voice. But welcome in. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for joining uh, up with, with me today. I'm like, I apologized already <laughs> early earlier in our no, conversation no, 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 no. before record. It never happened. It, yeah, never it, never, happened. it never happened. As a matter of fact, I'm cutting it out right now. <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm apologizing for either. Nope. So that's all right. It makes we're it just, funnier that way. We're just going to leave it up in the air. <laughs> we're just going to leave it up to their imaginations, which, dear God. What hot tea is oh behind the fucking God. curtain? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Somebody will throw this in a twit longer. Anyways, thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> yeah. Happy yeah. to be. So, Rin... Uh, why, mm-hmm. why don't you, uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Cause there's a, like, I, I see the metrics. I see the numbers. Sometimes people mm-hmm. don't make it all the way to the end of the episode to find out where people can find you. So that's true. Why don't you tell the fine people at home where they can find you on the internet and what you do in the destiny community? Uh, well, I mean, Ren underscore fiction is the handle. Uh, I am literally the only thing that shows up on Google. So like, if you look that up, it's just, that's me. Um, in terms of like what I do, I kind of operate under the idea that like if I'm not having fun, I can't expect other people to have fun. So right. like the majority of what I end up doing is just like streaming and then, you know, I've been dabbling here and there and putting like VODs and stuff on YouTube because, you yeah, know, the grind and all that uh-huh. shit. But yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That That's kind of that's kind of how, I saw, how I've always operated is that like I just want to put good out into the world and um be my stupid self in whatever medium that takes place on whatever canvas that takes place. Um, and yeah. And in terms of like the destiny side of things, um, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always had a bit of an interesting relationship with the game because like, would you, I, be, a, I, would you be a destiny player any other way? Um, no, that <laughs> 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 uh, we're tangenting here, but like, I, so I used to play World of Warcraft for like eight years. Um, mm-hmm. I started way, way, way fucking back in the day. This is like maybe like a couple months before um, Cataclysm came out. Okay. And over the years that I played WoW, um, I I competed at like the like the the higher end of uh, like the rating scene, right? So um, I was in guilds that would compete within like the top fifty. Um, world top 20 us that like that kind of mm-hmm. um like high intensity like on the grindstone every single day kind of a thing um and because of the time that i spent in that i got a taste for the sweatiest of the sweat mm-hmm. right and I'm, I'm telling you now right now there is like people think that like crucible like sweat lords are sweaty and that like pve sweat lords are sweaty in in like destiny you will never come close to the fucking tracksuit on a bicycle riding for 80 fucking hours straight pool under your ass cheeks level of sweat that comes from the wow grind right Mm -hmm. and and the way that people kind of approach it so um because i kind of went through that whole process 
I got very turned off to the idea of like doing the thing that is the most meta because that's what I was forced to do for like yeah. a long fucking time. Um, and I, it's one of the reasons why I quit that game is because I just got tired of it. And mm -hmm. so like when I went to destiny, there was part of my brain that was like, I want to min max everything. I want to get the best of the best of all the loot. And then, you know, slap it on my character um, and go ham. But what ended up happening was over time, I kind of realized that the loot at the end of the day, outside of exotics, because they are like the the pinnacle of the loot thing, and they do something profound in the in the uh, the meta or in the sandbox rather. Um, there is functionally no difference between a Kavostov and a um, oh my god, I'm I'm having a blank here, gnawing hunger. Mm -hmm. There's effectively no difference, like. Yes, you could argue, oh, well, it kills better. It gives you your grenade back. And, like, you, you are correct in that fact. But what I'm talking about is when you're going into any activity, right, outside of, like, uh, excessive build crafting, which, as it is now, is f far better than what it, is, what it was prior to, you know, the, the lightfall changes as mm -hmm. well as the... Um, the uh, not change, excuse me, the introduction of Strand and then also the 3.0 changes to the, the subclasses prior. Um... There was no functional difference between a Kvostov and a Gnawing Hunger, except it might be able to kill stuff a little bit faster, mm -hmm. right? And because there weren't really a lot of utility perks at the time, um, I lost all sort of care for the like the high tier cream of the crop, five of the five, you know, um, god roll chase. Yeah. Um, and so because I kind of came at it from that angle and I've always operated under the idea of I'm going to have fun with this video game, which by the way, I don't know if you know this, Dan, video games are supposed to be fun. Oh my God. Hold on. Wait a minute. You mean that I, this pixel world that I've been a part of for like around seven years, it is supposed to be fun. Yes. Oh you're supposed God. to have fun with, I know it's a wild concept. Ren, you just changed my entire life. I, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like my, my whole approach has been like fun first. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, in addition to that though, there is a side of accessibility that kind of comes along with, um, with the game, especially for newer players. Yeah. And when I first started, um, streaming, which is about two years ago, um, my primary thing was doing destiny and specifically helping people do things that they haven't been able to do before. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I was doing these things, it was always from the lens of, I am going to purposely fuck over my loadout as much as I possibly can to prove that you don't need the best of the best. Mm, okay. And you don't need the meta. Now, does the meta have a place? Absolutely. I'm not stupid. I know that like there are things that are uncontested levels of better like love like they're they're just better in terms of like their overall efficacy is for what they do right? right um and each one has their own time in the spotlight like rockets or grenade launchers and fucking crown of sorrow or um you know the mountaintop recluse meta like all that shit were they outliers in like their overall power they'll duh because pinnacle weapons are just a problem but that's a totally different topic <laughs> right. um but at, at its core you can solo flawless a dungeon with a Kvostov and a harsh language and the green rocket launcher that you get from the starting Cosmodrome section. Mm -hmm. And because you can do that, 
it it kind of removes, I guess that um, well, not removes, but it, it challenges the idea of what the the general uh, player base seems to have. In that, like, okay, you need to have this weapon and this weapon and right. this weapon in order to be a part of our group, which I have always despised. Yeah, do you um, have Yellowhorn? Yeah, it, it's the do you have Yellowhorn um, conundrum, right? And like again, and that carried over in in World of Warcraft too. Like, are you a demonology warlock? You know, like if you were an affliction, nobody fucking wanted you. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's it's something that I've always been kind of like annoyed with, um, but there's no real way to challenge it outside of proving it because people don't like you can say that you don't need this, but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually connect until you see someone do it without those things. Right. right? Um, and so that's kind of been my, my whole relationship with destiny was um, doing hard mode content and proving to people that you don't need the best of the best shit to get stuff done. Because so many people turn like they, they convince themselves that they can't do these things because they don't have these tools. Right. It's like, well, you can do them. And it is it is possible. It's going to take longer. Yeah, it might be a little but tougher. But it's possible. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, there might be a little bit, uh, there might be a, a bit of an, an issue where, you know, like you have to go a little bit more harder into getting over that hurdle. But at the same time, um, there are there are stepping stones in Destiny that do allow people to sort of navigate the the power systems within the, the weapon sandbox, right? In... Mm-hmm. Um, and like the the free acquisition of uh, certain exotics, like Risk Runner, right? I stand by the fact that Risk Runner is one of, if not the most powerful primary in the game. Oh yeah, just from like in terms the damage of its reduction overall, that you can get mm-hmm, from the damage Arkans. reduction and the utility that it provides for mm-hmm. just like uh, the the level of ad clear that it can get. Like it can chew through fucking anything, and all you got to do is throw a grenade at your feet, like. The, that's that's the condition. You don't even need to really kill anything with it. Like mm-hmm. you, you hit something with your feet and you're good to go, ready? And ready to rock and, and murder pretty much anything in in, <laughs> in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of the dialogue for me has always been like, sure, you can do these things with, with no tools, but that's not the actual like reality of the situation. Most people, when they start Destiny, they get a couple of tools. Mm-hmm. And some of those tools are risk runner um or the chaperone or sweet business um and i've i haven't really done the new light journey since Mm. it was reworked so i don't know if there was anything that was added to it but even within those few things um you do have a lot of agency uh to tackle certain obstacles and um i know i just think it's important for people to recognize that you don't need the best of the best yeah that's it that because mo- at the end of the day, it's a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most most meta conversations are about like optimizing rather than mm-hmm. um rather than utility. I guess is is essentially yeah. what I what what I feel this conversation is is right now is that like you could have like I've been I've been rocking Reckless Oracle for a while and mm-hmm. I've been enjoying that weapon since i got it <laughs> it is it's right, it, right. i i was uh attempting because i recently got exemplar um i'm attempting to go and get paragon uh on the journey and that requires me to solo the spire of the watcher and so i was right. i was running a um a gear falcons hunter 
and mm-hmm. reckless oracle is what I was using to take take down everything to keep things volatile and to to stay invisible. That said, it wasn't chewing through the boss's pimples <laughs> right. on a Kellos, <laughs> right. and and so while it is one of my favorite tools to use, it is not. I I don't necessarily feel like it's. Um, it, I, I could do the job with it, but it was like a skill issue on on my yeah. end. You could what you're saying is that ostensibly you can you could run that Akelos fight uh, with all blue weapons and get it done. And the, I feel like that is a that is something that I feel a lot of people need to see in the community, not just new players, but like some older players too, um, mm. if they're seeking to like challenge themselves. Yeah, and well, that's actually kind of where um, it it started, mm-hmm. like with the with the showcasing of, um, you know, you don't need all of the best of the best tools in order to get these things done. It Every was, tool's um, a hammer. It started out as, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so like initially, it was you need all the best stuff to do GMs, and I was, you know, me being the fucking brat that I am, <laughs> I heard that and went, oh yeah. you think (laughs) and so i remember uh this was when uh, it would have been about oh my god it probably a year and a half ago now Mm -hmm. um it was on nevoda and nevoda is heavy arc shield it's a pain in the ass it was a pain in the ass at the time Mm -hmm. um and i remember someone saying that and i was like all right motherfucker do you I'll I'll show you. I'll show yeah. you that you don't need the best, right? And so I I literally put on a Kavostov and a harsh language, and I think it was uh whatever the blue machine gun is. Mm. I think it was the blue machine gun. Yeah. Um, and I used that the entire run. And this is like when you had the like the the old uh, artifact like mod system where, mm-hmm. um. All of the 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 weapon anti barrier shit was like on your arms, and the um, yeah. they cost like six instead of like the two. So like you severely gutted your build when going into GMs with uh, the old system. But um, it started out that with that, and then um, I kind of had the thought of like because someone else came in actually a couple days later, and they were like, "I saw you do um, prophecy solo. Is there anything you would recommend loadout wise?" And I, you know, I gave my recommendations, um, the, the pretty much the staples of like risk runner is fucking goaded for that entire dungeon. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as like little tricks for skipping the first encounter. Um, that being like the, the process to get to the phalanx, um, because it just saves time and it's easy to do. Um, and in, in that, in that dialogue, I was kind of like, you know what, this would be a good challenge for myself. But it would also be a good opportunity to show people that, look, if you have a basic understanding of the way that the game works, mm-hmm. you can make anything work. And like, I understand that that comes from a point of, of skill because mm-hmm. I have been playing the game for a long time. But um, I think that even in that, it, it proves that you, I don't know, like, like, I've, like I said before, the efficacy between a, a reckless oracle and something like a Gavostov is not, it's not much different. Mm-hmm. It really isn't much different. It's where where you find a lot of the power with um, certain weaponry is with the utility that they bring with stuff like Demolitionist or Wellspring or Pugilist, like that stuff. 
um, because that directly plays into your neutral game and the player power that comes from the subclass that you wield. And that is infinitely more powerful than any weapon choice that you could ever bring out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for beginning players, what are some some more of the things that you would um, suggest for them to either like seek out or uh, not not just like weapon wise, but like perk wise? Um. So I'm actually. I, I, I don't know if this is a hot take. It definitely used to be uh, mm-hmm. when Demolitionist was like first introduced because people were like, mid-tier, pff, not Rampage, <laughs> pff, not Kill Clip, ha, whatever, you know, like, because yep. everybody was just, they had a hard-on for all of the, the damage perks. Um, and I'm just sitting over here with my, my Demolitionist Wellspring pulse rifle and shotgun going, I have grenades every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. And this is before we had the capabilities of that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was I was rolling in ability spam because of these two weapons. It was uh, the Fortissimo shotgun and the Augma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I am a massive proponent for consistency and mm-hmm. utility over damage. Damage is so fucking negligible to me. Like I I understand the outlaw like rampage midnight coup. I mm. get it. It's sexy. It looks cool. It's, it's a Tolperone that does damage. It's great, right? <laughs> but, but yeah. If you if like if we're talking about like overall efficacy and being able to execute uh, a, a a a encounter uh like as safely as you possibly can, the mm-hmm. thing that I was always going to, and this is again before the the three changes, was uh abuse of the abilities that would do all of the heavy work that usually people use the weapons for. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I don't know how many people know this, but when you're a, when you're in the game um, and you are under light and you're like at contest or anything like that, the weapon scaling is far, far harsher than the um, ability scaling. Mm-hmm. Like your abilities do so much more fucking damage than your guns ever could hope to do in like contest level shit. And because of that, I've always kind of gone, well, fuck the weapons then. Yeah. Make the weapons give me my abilities back faster. Because that's where the true power lies. Um, it's only like when you get to the at light level kind of crap that you run into the thing of, okay, well now my machine gun can mow down fucking everything in sight, right? Right. Um or now my recluse is popping off. Now my or whatever the the funnel web, excuse me, not recluse. Yeah. Um <laughs> so, dollar store dollar store recluse. Uh, dollar store recluse, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> um so yeah I don't know. I I just my my perk recommendations have always been consistency over everything else. Mm-hmm. So I am I love snapshot, I love surplus, I love wellspring, I love demo or demolitionist. Um uh pugilist, anything that gives you more consistency or agency to use your neutral game. Mm-hmm. Um like I've I have been living and thriving in uh Arc Titan since it was reworked. Um Primarily because of the booster, the little thruster, the Twilight Garrison light. Yeah. Um, mixed with a varied, uh, you know, either using Thunderclap, because it's the only fucking punch that I will ever touch now. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So not really a mixture, just thunderclap yeah. uh, and between like pulse grenades and storm grenades because they're just really powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and utilizing the arc, um, the arc trace mechanic to just funnel as much power back into the Titan as I can so I can continue this loop of thruster, well, previously it was thruster, wells, punch, grenade, and then just literally cycling over that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you could do this without stuff like Heart of Inmost Light. So you could run Syntho and have your punch hitting for as much as a Thunder Crash with Curace. Hmm. Right? Right. Like you could get that level of stupid power out of it. Um, so the things that were my staple were Salvager Salvo, which has Chain Reaction and Demolitionist on it. Mm-hmm. Right, which is huge, yeah, because it, it double dips. Where not only do I get grenade energy, but every time I get a kill and that chain reaction goes off, I'm spawning minimum two arc traces, yeah, that are going to be beelining straight for my face. Um, is that the best damage wise? I mean, no, Vorpal's mm-hmm. on that thing, right? Demolitionist right. Vorpal would be huge, or even Ambitious Vor- uh, Vorpal. Um, but Frenzy. I, I don't know. I, I sleep on perks that require excessive conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, Frenzy is a bit of a poor example there, but I, I, I don't know. I don't like having to think about them. Yeah, like you have to you have to slide in and then crouch and then punch something in order for this perk to proc. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. That, that's pretty much just my entire my entire thing is is the consistency over everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. It's just like one of my favorite combos is mm-hmm. surplus wellspring. Yeah. Okay. Just because they funnel into each other. Mm-hmm. That, ca- that and it, it creates that consistency. It cre- creates consistency. It creates synergy within the weapon itself to help you be more, to be more effective. Um, yeah. So like we were talking, you were talking a little bit about um, the elemental, uh, uh, like, what the hell are they called now? <laughs> um, Affinity, yeah, the, the wells, the wells. It's the it's the new wells yeah. that they're that they're popping up with. Um, I saw, I I was watching one of your vods, and mm. you were having a conversation about how they play into your power game and how you feel like they mm. they could more effectively um, help you help you with your super generation. Yeah, well, that that was part of it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to go in? Sure, yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so this is this is something that I've kind of had a bit of an issue with since uh, Lightfall, um, and mm-hmm. it's I've kind of taken a step back from the game since Lightfall dropped. I, I am still playing it. I just yeah. played a lot less because I I don't want to murder my enjoyment of the game. Right. Um, I I saw so I I've saw been, that it's been like a month since you since you've streamed it. <laughs> like yeah in doing my research i've I've been going back (laughs) yeah i've been doing like the weekly story stuff and Mm -hmm. um and kind of keeping up with the just the general um like doing my raids and stuff like that sometimes off stream sometimes on um but the um the thing that really really bothered me Mm -hmm. and i thought that this is what bungie was gonna do when they were like fire sprites are a thing voidlings are a thing you know like there's these different um class uh specific um little dudes that kind of spawn from from you using your abilities right and 
my thought of what they were going to do was not end up happening at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's it's something that Bungie should explore uh, because I think that the orbs of light mechanic is stupid as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why it is the thing that they went they went for, but um, I think that it is incredibly limiting, and I think that it should be removed and it should be uh, replaced with um, kind of something that they're doing now with the more uh, recent changes that they're bringing. I think in the next season. Mm-hmm. Which is um, your class-specific spawns. The fire sprites, the voidlings, the the tangles, the yeah. ionic traces. Those are the things that give you armor charge. Mm-hmm. And the, the thought is, is that each one has their own flavor that they have to it, right? So the ionic traces, I think they're the most overpowered. I think that they actually need to be reined in because they give you everything mm-hmm. and they track to you. Um, and so the thought process was one thing that I would like to see is the abandoning of the orb system and then going full into the residual light that's left behind from your abilities system. Mm. And that when you pick up an ionic trace, you get one armor charge, right? Mm-hmm. Why one? Because it comes to you. You don't have to do any work for it to get to you. So it's one, right? But each other type has an inherent benefit to you collecting it over the other ones that plays into the class fantasy itself. So you pick up a fire sprite times one restoration, right? Mm -hmm. In addition to that, because you have to go and get it, it gives you two armor charges instead of one, right? Mm -hmm. And then with like the voidling, it could be you get a small, uh, a small kick in the overshield, right? Like you get a little bit of a boop, right? Added to your, um, your, your health pool. Um, And again, because you have to go get it, it gives you two, right? And then the mods themselves fundamentally change the core of what those spawns can do within certain parameter that is appropriate to each one. Mm-hmm. Um, because then it makes the mod system and then the class and the fragment system kind of a synergistic, cohesive union um, that is actually fun to play with mm-hmm. because the the orb system, it's, it's, it's clunky. Okay when you look at it in its relationship with the, the, the fragment system. Um, and like one of the reasons why we ended up moving away from orbs of power is because they, they cause server issues. I don't know if you remember that yeah. a long time ago, because um, you could the, have the so sh- many on the ground that it would like, <laughs> it would cause it would literally, load. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the thought was that they changed it to that system where, um, the 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 sprites and all that shit would come to you via you know uh, augmentation via the mod system right so like a mm-hmm. seeking wells kind of a thing um or the mod that they actually are just bringing out in the next season where you use your class ability and just like vacuum sekiro's up all the the orbs around you mm-hmm. um which is cool but i i think that playing into the sprite system itself is a much more cohesive and easy to understand system mm-hmm. than the orb system is because it just happens naturally and you don't need to mod into it right as you as you as you're and, playing with different affinities of weapons you're creating these things and affinities yeah. of weapons and abilities you're you're building these things up for your builds to add more like flavor more of like a flavor to what you're mm-hmm. doing on the on the battlefield whereas like orbs they are kind of like a they are an equalizer of sorts just in how 
like the conditions to proc them, but I can see them being the like unflavored chicken of the <laughs> or un- yeah. unseasoned chicken of of the power affinity economy. Yeah, and I mean, like, you could even take it a step further, and instead of just having it tied to the classes itself to spawn them, mm-hmm. you could even give every single weapon that has an element a chance to spawn a uh, respective elemental sprite, right? Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think adds more to the player agency. Like, for me, it's it's all about the agency of the player and them being able to do the things that they want to do mm-hmm. with as little restriction as possible but still being within the confines of restriction because I think restriction breeds creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have some sort of so, rule and parameter in, yeah, in place exactly. in order to try to bypass it and break it, which the Destiny community is great at. <laughs> oh, 100%. They're amazing at it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I understand that, like, in in postulating this idea that it's like, well, what you're describing is fundamentally just orbs of power, but different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not wrong. Like, I, I definitely am. But I think that it's more interesting to play into the class fantasy itself. Mm-hmm. Because, like, as, as, as I understand it, when you spawn a fire sprite, that is residual light that is left behind from your ability, right? That, like, that's what it's flavored as. Mm. Like, that's, that's what ironic traces are. It's residual arc energy that's trying to get back to you. And I personally think that if you're coming at it from that angle... Why not full send into it, right? Now you have the system and it's very easy to see it in play. Like any player that goes out there and they shoot something and they spawn a little fire sprite, they're going to go, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be curious about it. Um, and I don't think anybody looks at orbs as anything other than, oh, hey, it's super, but on the ground. I Or I need healing. That's what, or, yeah. <laughs> that's what I see it as. It's like, oh, I need yeah. to run over that to get <laughs> healed real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can have that same sort of relationship, I guess, with the, the sprite system. Mm-hmm. But I think that the sprite system is inherently more interesting because of what it rides. Like, mm. again, the restoration and overshield, um, the ease of use of arc. And it also adds a flavor to each class that makes each class better at the thing that it is designed to do. Mm. Right. Be a tanky motherfucker with shield void shields out the ass. Right. Right. Be an unkillable healing machine with solar. Um, or with Ark being just chaos incarnate and throwing abilities fucking everywhere because oh, yeah. you have ionic traces literally shooting up your ass every two seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> Which reminds um, me, how are you liking the build system? <laughs> uh, I, I loved, okay, so I loved the well system and what mm-hmm. I wanted was the well system shifted into the sprite system. Um, and that was going to be what we have today. Mm. I was disappointed. Right. I am not super fond of the orb system at all. I mean, if you couldn't tell from the, my gigantic right, 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 fucking right. rant about, yeah, the, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we lost a lot of agency in what we were able to do mm-hmm. uh, because of the removal of stuff like the, the wells and the, um, the war mine cells and, and right. um, the, the other one. The, I think there was one more. I don't remember. I never really used anything yeah. other than the wells, so I can't really comment. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm a little bit disappointed by it, primarily because they, the well system was just very customizable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it was there was a lot of 
ease of use with mm-hmm. that system that we lost with the orb system. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm indifferent to it. Mm-hmm. I think that you can make a lot of fun builds, but I think that a lot of our, our agency as players was removed. And mm-hmm. by, by extension, a lot of the player power was removed. And sure, we were too powerful to begin with, but even still, we're broken as fuck. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm indifferent to it. It sucks yeah. that it isn't what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I've, so I've never really bought into build crafting, uh, even in mm. its previous form. I was more kind of along the lines of like, I can, I, what you were saying earlier, you can take anything anywhere in Destiny and, and get something to work out of it. It doesn't need to be like the yeah. most optimal thing. And like, I, I thought, oh, with, um, with the changes to, to Destiny, maybe I'll start buying in more to build crafting. And I am finding that that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. I am mainly just kind of sticking to... Um, You're a gun, Andy, huh? Well, just- <laughs> look, I, like, it's just like... I'm st- like uh, So I ran GMs yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, I was like, okay, add clear. I need to focus... Primarily, uh, I was I was on Warlock, so I was like, I need to focus on on keeping ads down, like suppressed. Mm-hmm. I need to like so Osmiomancy was my go to right. for for stasis because in a lot of the, uh, a lot of the new activities, it feels like ads are more prevalent and can be more hectic, especially in the Mars Mars mm-hmm. Battleground. So focusing right, on that, yeah. I just kept the same build on for all six right. and was basically okay. I well, had to make yeah. a few adjustments here and there based on like what what uh weapon affinities there were for champions or for but basically by running like a stasis build I was able to bypass a lot of the um core mechanics issues of um champions and the like. So mm-hmm. I yeah basically it's like oh we need to do this thing cool I'll throw on three things maybe and that have worked for me for like four years now <laughs> yeah well and, see coincidentally that four year <laughs> timeline was uh the release of um stasis yeah. stasis is a problem I mm. I firmly will stand by this this statement it is a problem in terms of its ability to completely circumnavigate or cert, like uh, to, to navigate around, right? Mm-hmm. To just completely bypass 90% of the mechanics in the game. And one of the things that I always like to allude back to is, uh, do you remember when Glassway first came out and how hard it was? Yeah. I had a build set up with my, my partner that I was running GMs at the time with. We made that GM our bitch <laughs> yeah. because of this single build. Mm-hmm. And all it was, and this is, it's a little bit of a wacky one. And I don't think, I think a lot of people really do sleep on this interaction. It was an Aeon setup. Both of us were running Warlocks with the Aeons, the Aeon gauntlets. Mm-hmm. But most people are, most people marry the, the Aeons and are like, they're synonymous with like, oh, ammo generation. That's what mm-hmm. they do. No, they do so much more than that. One of them makes it so that when you stun a champion, you get grenade energy back. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, 
a lot of the GMs have a metric fuck ton of champions. Yeah. Right? So, specifically in Glassway, you would sit in one of the corners and you would let all of the, the enemies come to you through a little corridor, a little tunnel, right? Mm-hmm. And our, our method for this was throwing out a little Stacy turret and letting them freeze the overloads. Oh, yeah. And if you have an EP hand cannon, two shots overloads and like it two shots will overload right every single overload that we did we were giving each other 50 percent of our grenade back (laughs) okay that's incredible we were ping-ponging it back and forth Mm -hmm. he would overload i would overload he would overload my grenades back stacy there's two down now for me i would overload two more he would overload i would get another one and by the time we were done with the cycle, there we had at most twelve stasis turrets on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Nothing yeah. could move. Literally nothing, because the moment that it would try, it would immediately be frozen again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it completely got rid of the entire threat of any enemy that was going to go through that corridor. It got rid of the threat from barriers because they literally couldn't fucking move. They couldn't mm-hmm. shoot. They couldn't do anything. Right. And it just became uh, an attrition fight. You wither hoard the boss, you wait. Yeah. And I think that while that's cool, stasis is, is fundamentally broken okay. in what it can do. Um, that the, the whole freeze mechanic, I'm not saying that it needs to be nerfed or anything like that, but I think the game's mechanics need to be readjusted in a way that it doesn't allow stasis to be as oppressive to the majority mm-hmm. of the mechanics that exist in the game. Because you're right. There are some builds out there that you just never need to change off of. Yeah. Because they are so good at what they do. And I think that one of the but one of the things that Bungie did that was a step in the right direction was making every single subclass have a answer to two of the champions. Yeah. That was a genius fucking move. Because now Stasis doesn't have as much power. Right. It well, it does, it, but it's, like it's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's equalized, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, you're not pigeonholed into it because right. others can do something to this to a similar effect. I do still think that Stasis is the strongest out of all of them, um, and Strand is right close. Like I, Strand is right behind it. I was just about to um, ask, like, where did you see Strand in that in that conversation? Um, Strand is. I think that Strand does what Stasis does, but a little bit worse. Okay. And that the, the only reason it does it a little bit worse is because we don't have the tools that we do for stasis. Mm-hmm. If we like if you were to compare launch of stasis to the launch of strand, strand is by far way fucking stronger, mm-hmm. like by leaps and bounds, um, purely just because of the fragments that are that are given to us um, just from release. Right. Like right. which it's only going to get stronger when we get more of them and we get more aspects. Um but as it is right now, stasis is, I think, uncontested in its ability to completely destroy the need to interact with any mechanic mm. outside of like major boss mechanics. Um, and Strand can do something similar, but it's not as oppressive because it's we don't have the exotics and the tools right. to make it be as oppressive. Um, certain some certainly do exist, like the the legs for Titans is very, very good. Um, Mm -hmm. And with uh, Barricade being such a low cooldown, um, it definitely makes uh, that suspension loop um, very easy to maintain. 
Um, and I think all classes have it to a certain degree, like hunters have their little dive, which is way more dangerous um, yeah. than, than, you know, what Titans and Morlocks have access to. But um, it's a, you, you bring up a good point that, like, there's not much reason to play around with the system if you find that one build that can completely destroy the necessity yeah. to interact with that system. Um, yeah. It was, I think that's a stasis problem, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like... So stasis... People have been have been talking about stasis as like not it for GMs, like or at least th that was part of the conversation that I was seeing online before before hopping in, and like it, it mm. is just as strong as it's ever been. It's just like the 1.0 of the 3.0 system, and yeah. so and so people, and because Strand is the new hotness, people are stretching out and wanting to use that more, but mm -hmm. stasis is still really powerful and. I think absolutely it, it, it has yeah. gotten its it has gotten its bops and like PvP and everything, but um, I find that it's just it it's still just as um, as valid as it was running GMs the first time around. But then again, mm. I'm also somebody who doesn't like. I am also very a very stubborn hunter, uh, and when I'm <laughs> right. when I'm running. My hunter, I barely remove my, uh, I, like, I, I'm barely removing my Orpheus rigs. Ever. Like, mm. I, I know there are better things than it. And I'm experimenting with Gear Falcons. Uh, but Orpheus rig to me is just like, oh, I get an extra, I get a third tether? Neat. I'm into it. Yeah. Like, well, it's it's a direct damage increase, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the neutral the game down. for hunters, the neutral game for hunters is ridiculously good as it is. Yeah. Um. Do you feel I like I think that sorry go ahead. Oh, I I was going to say do you think that like while while we have like a a more simplified build system build system mm. um when it comes to build crafting in in how they've changed things in the UI versus like our abilities do you feel like power creep has uh, is power creep the issue here is that is that the thing that's keeping me on these um abilities on these previously made builds and not forcing me to really venture outside of it um i think that there there is a component to it i mean power creep exists in pretty much any game yeah. where there's a power system um it, it, i don't think there's a single game out there that hasn't struggled with this issue um unless it's like not a live service kind of experience but um i think that i think that to to get back to an earlier an earlier thought before moving on to that because they they are tangentially related. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the reasons why people I think people think that stasis isn't it is because it doesn't have the killing efficacy yeah. that the other subclasses do. Um, like strand is the CC capabilities of stasis with the murder capabilities of the light subclasses. Right. Um, and that's why people are so fucking gung-ho about it, right? Threadlings are disgustingly strong. They just are. And so are the Tangles. Um, and so people may have the issue that they do with stasis because you're relying on your weaponry. And as we know, weaponry in GMs is much less powerful than your abilities are. Um, now, there are definitely some caveats to that like the crystal shatter mechanic if you are able to get a bubble on something mm -hmm. <laughs> like that thing will die immediately right um but on its own stasis does struggle more 
with the efficiency of killing than the other subclasses do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so people look at that and they go, well, stasis is bad, Yeah, but it's, it's a difference in power. The ability to control everything that's on the field is immeasurably powerful. Yeah. Um, but I think people oftentimes they go and they look at the, the murder efficacy and they go, well, it can't murder as good. So it's not as good. Um, cause you know, everybody, you know, the monkey brain is like big number. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Serotonin, you know? Um, well, and like, essentially and, there's no, there are classes in destiny too, but there's nothing that's like, you don't, you have a healer type now, but like you don't, every, everything is kind of flattened out in a way. Yeah. At least role wise. So like, yeah, that lethality versus crowd control. I can, I can see your point to that. It's, um, I think that to circle back to the question that you had asked, mm -hmm. um, the reason why I bring up the, the difference between the, like why people I think would think stasis is weaker, um, is that prior to the 3.0 changes, the light subclasses were pretty fucking trash. Mm -hmm. Like they were, they weren't good at doing really anything. Which is what made stasis so fucking strong by comparison. You're telling me that I can have the damage efficacy of the light subclasses and I can control the battlefield? Okay, pff, all right, duh, clear outlier, right? I'm going to choose that. But now mm -hmm. that the light subclasses have been brought up to the same system that stasis was at, we've seen a shift where now stasis has the old power in terms of its efficacy to murderize, right? Mm -hmm. And it pales in comparison to stuff like storm nades and um firebolt nades or um you know voids um controlled demolition bullshit right like or or the volatile rounds and um the the incandescent you know th those types of things those perks that play into um the um the the subclass uh fantasy right mm -hmm. um because the power scaling has gone so far into the other direction um, certain builds are going to be left behind because, you know, again, that preconceived notion of, okay, well, it doesn't do as much damage, therefore it is worse. Right. But I think it's also a, a matter of, like, you said that you're married to stasis. Well, I think I, that's just a personal thing of, yeah. am I, on, on, am I incorrect in that saying? Well, I, so, like, for, for that specific activity, for, like, okay. for higher-end activity, if I'm running Warlock, stasis is, is kind of the play for me. Like, I don't, I right. run that over well. In most instance, mm -hmm. instances, just because the ad, um, can like the crowd control capabilities, like you said earlier, um, right. and like I'm not, I'm married, I'm not married to like that specific class in that specific thing necessarily, but I'm not, I'm not like really going out of my way to interact with the build crafting system to make it better, right? It like in any regard. I'm really just right, kind of right. throwing on the thing and then running. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and you can get away with that, I think, because of what, like, the, the core of stasis is, mm -hmm. right? You don't need to put more thought into it because it does all the work for you. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm, the, I'm a person that likes to dabble. I like to experiment. I like to play around. I have my favorites, mm -hmm. but if I was going to go into a GM with a Warlock... My first thought would be void. Yeah. Because I just like, I really like Contralock. I know it's not as good. I know <laughs> yeah. it's not necessary, but I find it very fun. And again, it comes back to the thing that I said earlier. 
fun to me is the most important part of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if something is 15, 20% better. If I'm not having fun, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not I, doing it. I think that diff- I refuse to engage in the tedium. Yeah. On yesterday, like when we were running the GMs, I started on a Nezerax uh, void, void lock. Cause I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know what? Ability generation. Cool. I'm into it. Like, let's, let's roll that. But like, as I, like, as I was playing more and more into it, I was like, well, this isn't really like, it's not helping to progress my team any further. And so mm-hmm. then I, then I was just like, it's, it's mainly helping me more than it is my team. And so that's yeah. when I, that's when I went over to stasis and just kind of locked in for the full, full six. Um, right. Just cause it was like, it was an easier alternative to, uh, than to necessarily that generation going solely for myself. Right. The group play rather than the solo. Play. Yeah. 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 Now, I should I should caveat I am I'm not one that's going to be like fuck the team I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will <laughs> yeah. I will I will help the team out and oftentimes I'm the one that's like wait do we not have a warlock do yeah. we need another well all right I'll be right back even though I fucking hate playing a warlock um cuz you know it's I don't know I think that's just are you a good fire team member Yeah <laughs> like, I, so, I don't know I wasn't um, always but um when I was a kid oh, when, huh? when I was a kid when, okay, so, so I used to be on a soccer team when I was six. Uh-huh. And when I was on that soccer team, they would put me in. I'd play for three minutes, get exhausted. And then I'd come mm-hmm. back and I'd drink Capri Sun and eat apples. And they, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, I, no, good and for me. Log, that was, like that some, was bad for the team. Some, <laughs> what, fuck the team. You got apples, dude. <laughs> you got you got instant log, man. You got some celery with some yeah. peanut butter. Yeah. Mm. I, I didn't do soccer the following season. But anyways, continue. <laughs> Probably, probably best for probably the team. Best. Probably best and for, for you. And probably for me, yes. <laughs> but I mean, dude, come on. Those those fucking prime apples, sideline yeah. apple, apple juice kind of, man. Capri I mean, Sun was you awesome, man. Out. Yeah. It was great. Dude, Capri Sun fucks. <laughs> Capri Sun is like the, the ultimate like pouch drink. Yeah. Like it, it kicks the shit out of high, the high C and the, or what were the other ones? God, there were there were a couple others. There was there was um, the Kool Aid there was the Kool Aid ones that had like the twist top. Kool Aid, oh yeah. But if you cut, like, find out, like, if you actually just cut the top off the nib, it turned it into a straw too. This whole freaking thing, man. Oh, the wax ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wax, the wax. Those bottles. things were disgusting. Yeah, they were bad. But boy, did I. I love was a them. feral kid. I was a feral kid. Whenever we had them, I would I would literally just because they're wax, right? I yeah. would just bite the fucking bite top into the of wax. Them off. <laughs> I would, I'd just tear it off, yeah. and then just start chugging. Yeah. Who needs who needs it? Pure yeah. fucking sugar. That's exactly what this ADHD <laughs> riddled kid needs. Sorry, didn't mean it. Didn't mean to change no, it. Off. No, 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 all good. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I do. I I do think you're correct. I think that I think that power creep definitely does play into it, and I think that we were nerfed a little bit with this new build system, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that like I I am a massive massive advocate for don't ever fucking nerf anything, mm. make everything else better, and mm-hmm. if there's a power issue, make the enemies stronger, because mm-hmm. nerfing always feels shit, always. That like there there's never a single moment where people are like, yes, this nerf feels good. It feels good that my grenade does mm-hmm. less damage, unless like maybe you're salt grepo because I know that like I guess he gets off on that kind of crap. But <laughs> having spoken with the man not, on this program, 
I have no idea. But I, I have no idea I'm, his I'm preferences not, in that way. But <laughs> I, am, I am not talking shit on him. I want to be clear. I know, I know, I know. But I do know that that man's just like, fuck well. This think, thing's too powerful. Fuck well. And he'd yeah. be happy if it was nerfed. So. I th- well, I think he, like, in regards to that conversation, I feel like mm. he, when when we spoke on that program, he said something where I was like, uh, I asked him, like, about people getting upset with him about saying something on, like, something about Destiny on, on Twitter. And he was like, uh-huh. if if people are not getting upset, like, we're not talking about it. Yeah. Is, is like, kind of, like, or it's something along those lines. I'm sure somebody will go back and listen to that uh, episode and and correct me on it. But it was it was more. Am I talking about destiny if it's not if it's not a controversial thing? Because everybody has their mm-hmm. own like idea of what fun is and what what destiny can be. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like I the well conversation. That's a that's an interesting subject to just because like. It does feel really powerful, <laughs> like even after all the all the things that we've hit. Anyways, that's that's a side side tangent. Well, I mean, it's it is it is pertinent though, because mm-hmm. like the well issue is a power creep issue. Like well is just bubble, but better. Yeah, you it don't is, have to leave. Right? And that's well. always been the case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so like it, I think that Bungie's trying to rein us in. With mm-hmm. this, the new mod system, I think that the old mod system was too powerful, quote unquote, in their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I I disagree. I think that, well, I disagree with the the approach that they took because again, I think that outside of outside of very extreme outliers, never nerf something. Mm. Make everything else better. Now people are gonna be like, but Rin, that makes power creep worse. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but here's the flip side. You can always make the enemy stronger. Mm-hmm. That is that is always a thing. And they're like, but Rin, they did that. And then they reverted it. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And you're not wrong. But if everything is on a similar playing field, like, and I'm not saying that I want everything to be exactly the same, because then that's just homogenous and there is no choice. It's mm-hmm. just, what flavor gun do you want to fire? Do you want it to be Sprite, Mountain Dew, Gatorade, who knows? I yeah. like it doesn't matter at that point, and that that takes away agency as well. It makes everything boring and homogenous, and it's just stupid. What I'm talking about is a difference of five to ten percent, mm-hmm. where everything is moderately neck and neck with each other, except for the things that are like the exotics, where they provide something that is entirely unique to what they are. Right, mm-hmm. like Xenophage, Thunderlord. They they have different places, right? There's yeah. places that you're going to use Xeno that you're not going to use Thunderlord. There's places where you might use, um, you know, just a corrective measure over any of them, right? Or um, a retrofit. There, there's there's different circumstances that are going to merit different um, different weapon out, uh, options. Um, but when it comes to player power and like the the subclasses themselves, I think that it is better overall to make everything somewhat competitive with each other mm-hmm. like i said like a five to ten percent difference where there's clear outliers within the confines of their strengths so like the champion mechanics right mm-hmm. if one is really good at stunning with like a grenade then maybe that class's grenade should be 10 to 15 percent stronger right. right like that's kind of what i'm talking about here yeah um but at the same time i don't think that there is an inherent like i think that excessive bullet sponges are a problem yeah 
Sorry, there's I think we, I think we saw that. Yeah, I think we saw that at the beginning of Lightfall. Like, yeah, enemies were just a little bit too tanky, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like it's all it's all a numbers thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you can maintain the feel of I throw a storm grenade on an over on a um an unstoppable champion, and it. If I'm using like Heart of Inmost Light or whatever, right? And it's a turbo, it's a turbo nade, you know? Mm-hmm. If I can kill that champion within one nade and uh, sustained fire, that, if you can preserve that, then it's fine. Yeah. Then it's it's, it's totally fine. Bump everything up. And then, because like what you're doing is you're preserving the feel of power, right? Mm-hmm. It The numbers do not fucking matter. What matters is, does the player feel powerful? And right. if you can, if you can capture that, regardless of of the power creep issue then it's fine like it it's not like you're always going to run into an issue where there's going to be something that's an outlier there's going to be something that is the next step up which is mm-hmm. you know the problem with well if you're if you're constantly buffing everything then you're just going to get to a point where everything is just ridiculous right mm-hmm. you have a point but you can also balance that out because yeah. again it's it's not it's not the actual the outliers are the problem but the solution is to is to maintain the consistency of keep power uh, to keep the feel exactly. Yeah. It's to keep it's to preserve the feeling of power. Thank you so much for being on, Rin. Where yeah. can people find you on the internet? Uh, I stream five days a week from Wednesday to Sunday at five PM PT. I stream for five hours every single day that I do stream. Um, like I said, you can look for me anywhere on the internet, Rin underscore Vixen. You'll find me. Um, as far as what you're going to get, dude, I'm a living shit post. I, <laughs> I operate under the idea that I, I try to make people laugh. I, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. The, the medium of what I do matters so much less than, you know, the idea of making people smile a little bit every day because the world fucking sucks. Yeah, it does. And <laughs> if, uh, if I can, if I can make someone's day just a little bit better with a smile or a dumb joke, or even just me looking like an absolute moron then i'm gonna do that because i don't know we need we need a little bit more of that my name's danfinity you can find me on twitter instagram and the tiktok at danfinity where the eyes are else you can also find me on twitch three days a week twitch.tv forward slash danfinity helping guardians through in-game activities if you'd like to join my community head on over to discord.gg forward slash danfinity if you'd like to support the show remember you can rate and review on your podcast platform of choice Anything you say helps us in the algorithm. You can also spend three bucks a month to help keep the lights on over at coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. All the links are in the notes for the show. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you find what you're grinding for. <laughs>